And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. Very excited this week to be talking about various entrepreneur powers and the first episode of the series today is the power of AI. We're going to talk about how AI could help make your business different, your product different, or how you could use AI to help your business in various ways. Uh, Ross Borden is with us today. He's the founder and CEO of Matador Network, and they've been doing some cool stuff with AI. We're going to talk about that too. And before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Ross, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Matt. So are you are you calling, you know, you're all into travel and, and I'm excited to learn more about your company but I guess my first question for you is, are you somewhere cool? Are you traveling the world as part of your, you know, endeavors or? I'm not. I'm uh, I'm boring at home. You know, I actually have a newborn baby right now. Me too. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Boy or girl? Uh, uh, I have, so I have four boys and I just had a baby girl. So that's kind wow. of a big deal. Wow. And, yeah. Show off. Wow. Fun. Yeah. Seven week old. Amazing. I just had a baby girl as well. So yeah, uh, six, All right. six weeks. So we're right next to each other. Well, congrats. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> so yeah, taking a, uh, a beat off from travel for now. I'm just taking some time off of the flights. And honestly, like COVID kind of saved me in a weird way. Obviously, you know, that was our hardest year of our history during COVID because travel was just flat. No yeah. one was planning. We're a media-based business. So Standing at the intersection of travel and media was a pretty shitty place to be standing during a pandemic. But in a weird way, everything bounced back really fast. And then in a weird way, I like all the sort of more soul sucking travel that I used to do is completely gone forever. And all of those meetings are going over Zoom. So I never fly to New York for two meetings anymore, which I did in the days of Matador. Um, And so... It's actually been great. And uh, I do, I just booked my first trip post baby. I'm going back to Tonga, uh, which I haven't been to since pre pandemic to swim with humpback whales with some friends of ours there. And it's just like one of the most, probably the most amazing uh, wildlife encounter I've ever had. And I'm big Africa. I'm obsessed with Africa. I've been on safari times, but nothing is like being in the water uh, with humpbacks that are, you know, the mom is 60,000 pounds. Um, The calf, depending on when you catch them, they're uh, anywhere from like five to 20,000 pounds and very curious. And will come right up to you to the point where like, no matter how adventurous you are, you're like, is this safe? What is going on here? And um, it's just like, it's almost like meeting aliens because you can't, you can't talk to them, but they come by and they look at you right in the eye with their big <laughs> ass. 
And uh, we've been dying to go back since 2019. And so I'm really excited for that. I'm going there in second week in July. Um, so I'm excited for that. That's my first big trip post baby. Well, so, so tell us more about Matador and what you do. It looks like you've been doing this for more than 15 years. You know, yep. tell us what, what, what do you guys do? Yeah. So we basically are a, a bootstrapped a media company. So matadornetwork.com is our flagship website. You can think of it like Nat Geo has a love child with Buzzfeed. Um, and so we, we sort of the network in our name Matador Network is a network of contributors, filmmakers, photographers, writers, social media, influencers, and creators. And we essentially like crowdsourced uh, travel content. So, you know, this is going to show us just how ancient we are as a company, how long ago we got started. But I was originally impressed by YouTube before Google acquired them. I had a corporate job I hated and I was like, man, I wish I could do something in travel. I'd been living in Latin America, um, climbing mountains for like eight months and living on a shoestring in Buenos Aires, having the time of my life. And then I came back, I got a corporate job and I just was like, my happiness index crashed in the mountain. I was in a cubicle doing a hundred cold calls a day. And I was like, what just happened to me? Like what, you know, searching for kind of like something I was passionate about. And then my friend came over to my cubicle and this is like, you know, about a year or two before we even started Matador. But he's like, yeah, have you heard of this new site, YouTube? And I'm like, no, he's like, youtube.com people's videos are getting like 25,000 views, which it's easy to forget how, you know, that was actually crazy back then. This is yeah. before blogs, before social media. And so I was like, this is what I should do, but for travel, I want to crowdsource travel content. And so uh, a couple months later, I quit that corporate job. I, you know, stripped my life down to the bare bones so I could afford to do a startup with basically self-funded for, for a couple months. Um, and then we sort of, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it was like, it was a long road, but now we're, you know, uh, been very profitable for a very long time. Uh, we've built an amazing business. We have a team of about 80 people. We're a leader in travel publishing. Uh, we have a 40-person production company in-house. So we, we work with a lot of the biggest brands on really cool video projects all over the world. Um, both you know travel brands like uh, tourism boards, airlines, global hospitality, as well as brands like REI and Yeti and Samsung. Um, and, and we are just kind of like you know building the company of our dreams in control of our own destiny took on very little funding and, you know, banking millions of dollars a year in EBITDA. So it's been really exciting. Um, it's been a very long road, but now uh, we're, you know, very excited about the direction we're headed in. Well, so I'm, I'm getting ready to go on a trip to South Florida and I went to your website earlier and, and I see all these great articles that come up about South Florida and Florida Keys and all these things. And so is that a lot of your content is is aimed for somebody like me? Or it sounds like you guys also kind of work as a marketing agency for some of these brands and sites and stuff? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, we are a publisher. So just like you said, people come to our website and find uh, inspiration and information about places to travel. Um, also, you know, we've got pretty massive platform at this point. Um, we have a couple brands on social media at Matador Network. Um, where we've got millions of followers across Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, and then we started a new brand just for TikTok called Visit. Um, that's the number one brand in travel on TikTok. So that's got 7 million followers, over a million on Instagram. 
And so all in, we've really rapidly become a video first and social first media company. So we do produce original long form episodic shows. We produce original documentaries that we self fund because stuff that we want to make, but we're kind of a beast uh, in the short form video space. So we're doing about 150 okay. million video views a month. So that's another place where kind of no matter if you're, if you're looking for videos on South Florida, you might find a video from Matador um, for your trip there. If you're, you know, just stumbling around, you love travel and you're getting content fed to you by the big platforms, you've probably watched Matador videos. Yeah. So that, um, that's what I'm thinking. I've been on, probably been on TikTok today or TikTok before. And I see these, you know, I'll, I'll see some couple in some like crazy place in Maldives or whatever. And in this incredible experience. And it sounds like there's a chance it was from you. <laughs> yeah. TikTok's been fun. I mean, we started visit, it just instantly blew up and then We've so we've got almost 10 million followers now on TikTok with our combined accounts. We even started new ones like Food WTF, which looks like Food What the F, but it's food worth traveling for. Uh, uh, we have one called Epic Stays that's like the coolest Airbnbs and hotels. So it's been a really exciting platform for us. And we're very much like creator first. So I still think, kind of regardless of all this madness uh, in the US, of like, is TikTok going to be banned? Is it not? Um, it will remain to be sort of the center of um, creative excellence where like creator it, innovations coming from. If TikTok gets banned, something else immediately will take its place. Yep. I think, I think so, so too. Pretty much. That's pretty much the deal, right? It's like you can ban the Silk Road or whatever that sells drugs online, but the next week there's some other thing just pops up. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be shocked if they let that happen. I think more more likely they'll be forced into a sale at the federal level to a U.S. entity if that comes to pass. But I, I would be shocked if they just like, you know, let it get I, banned. Me too. I'd be shocked too. So, so the topic of the episode today is about the power of AI and, and love to talk about how you can use AI as an entrepreneur in a lot of different ways and love to learn more about how you guys are using AI. Obviously you're in the content generation space, you know, or are you guys using AI to help with video ideas and topic ideas or outlines for videos? Like how, how do you guys use AI? Yeah. So a number of ways actually. So I started playing with AI um, over a year ago, even sort of with as soon as we could get into open AI and, and, and start playing with their models and the different ways we could use it. So um, we started at first looking at it as like not a way to replace the human editors and writers that we have creating content because I, I don't want to put out just a bunch of AI content. And Matador has really always been about storytelling. So you can do your like best restaurants in this town or coolest hikes in this area, but to have a, a story and a human element is really important to us. So we're never going to go like, we just make all of our content with AI because it's cheap. We still want to work with creators, many of whom are writers. Um, and we built that, that global network of about 70,000 people across the world who we call on to create local content from a local's perspective. Um, so, but that said, you know, there, there's a way that, you know, we can make more content faster. So we're, we're uh, looking at, at, you know, sort of dabbling of like, you know, is this even accurate? Does it work? And it worked pretty well. The thing that really caught our attention, though, is that if you, if you uh, deliver AI, now this is obvious with ChatGPT, but this is pre-launch of ChatGPT, 
we were impressed with OpenAI and the answers it would give in a chat interface. So before the launch of ChatGPT, we were already kind of playing with this and we launched a product called GuideGeek. Um, and basically it's like a travel agent, like an AI travel agent. So delivered through WhatsApp and soon we'll be live on Instagram, Facebook Messenger. So our strategy is have the best AI in travel, which consists of using big LLMs like OpenAI, um, ChatGPT4, but then combining that with real-time data on flights, hotels, Airbnbs, and adding like a human layer of you know people who could point you in the right direction, connect you with an agent if you wanted to book something, add a, an extra layer of sort of expert knowledge about that place. And so right now what we're doing, as well as vertical video, which we, as I said earlier, we're a leader in. So we're really like between humans and human takeover is what we call it, vertical video, all the content that we have on Matador and OpenAI's language model. We've combined all of that into a single experience called GuideGeek. And so if you go to guidegeek.com, you can just connect to it for free uh, via WhatsApp. And you essentially have a travel agent in your pocket at any time, whether you're traveling now or you're planning a future trip that has read every single restaurant review, uh, read every single hotel review, knows every single vacation rental out there, every experience, every tour, best times to go, festivals, dangers and annoyances, like any, really anything that you could think of. And instantly this was a hit product. Like just, we've got, we're getting thousands and thousands of users, um, every day. And now we're, um, they're all hanging around. They're coming back to plan new trips, to plan bigger trips, to ask more specific questions. So it's probably the most exciting thing maybe that we've ever done. Certainly in the last like 10 years, um, we're really, really bullish on AI for travel. And if you think about it, like there hasn't been innovation since the nineties for how we plan research and book trips. Like the last major innovation was the launch of the OTAs like Expedia and booking in the nineties. And we think that, you know, going to an OTA or even coming to Matador's site and clicking on things to do or typing in a destination is going to look really, really old school a year from now. So we think this could be a, an entire new sort of paradigm shift on how to plan research and ultimately book trips. I, I really love this. And, you know, for example, recently I, I'm in Kansas City. I did a trip from here to Dallas, but it was a road trip. And so I actually went on ChatGPT and I asked it, like, oh, I'm driving from here to here. What are ideas of places to go to, you know, from here to there or whatever? And it would have been awesome. It, it gave me a sort of good answer, but not a super great answer. Uh, yes. But it'd be, it'd be great, like, for all those sort of use cases, too, of, like, I'm planning a road trip. Where should I go? Where should I stay? What should I do? Like, and but there, but but those are questions that are not a single blog post, right? Because it's like, I'm going from this part of the world to this part of the world, and there's a million things in between. So the answer needs to be answered by AI. Yeah, and it's like, you know, everyone's gone through this experience where you're kind of tearing your hair out. You're excited for a trip, but you've got like 30 browser tabs open. Yeah. You're trying to figure out like the train schedule and like if you can rent a car in this town and how, like how far is this drive and all these things that AI just knows immediately. So um, it's, it's been amazing and really like granular specific stuff. Like what forms do I need to fill out to take 
my dog on this train or like on this yeah. plane? Or, uh, what's a what's a pet friend family uh, a pet friendly or family friendly restaurant or hotel? Um, a lot of these like sort of needle in the haystack questions. One of our early users said like. Um, this is like in the first day we just launched and I was like, wow, this is crazy powerful. She's like, um, I'm taking my daughter to DC and she's autistic. What would you recommend for an autistic child in, in DC to see all the, you know, coolest, most important, uh, attractions and monuments. And right off the bat, you know, it knew all of the sensory sensitive hours at every single museum. It had, uh, really great recommendations for outdoor activities specifically for an autistic child it had like like really everything covered for her whole trip and i just thought like how long would it have taken her to figure all this stuff out with such a granular specific thing and just the ai instantly gave her a full-blown itinerary which was just amazing well what's what's awesome about this is this is the next evolution of things right so ChatGPT is a very generic AI model. It's kind of trained generically to do a lot of things, but it's not really an expert at any one thing, right? It's where you guys are like, okay, how do we create the world's best AI engine, trained engine on this one specific topic, right? And there's people that are training AI on other different topics for you know computer programming. There's very specific ones, for example. Um, so that's cool that that you guys are doing this. And so I guess the question then is, how did you do that? What was the process of, of trying to train AI on these very specific topics? Yeah, so it was a lot of um, just experimenting, honestly. Uh, you know, the, ba- the first thing you've got to figure out is the prompt. We also are bringing this to our clients. So brand safety is really important, both for Matador and then definitely for all of our clients. Um and, and there's sort of the sort of unknown with AI that there's hallucinations, there's inaccuracies, there's um, potential that someone can, you know, really coerce it into saying something bad or doing something bad that could be construed as sort of like uh, some sort of a PR disaster. So we had to think about that stuff first. We had to think about um, how it would uh, converse with someone. And, and I think I've seen this like, you know, Expedia now has ChatGPT integration in their app, but I think it's just a poor integration the way they do it because I went in there and was like, hey, I'm going to Amsterdam. And it's just like, Bleh, Amsterdam, like top 10, this and that, like knowing nothing about who I am, how I travel. Um, whereas with GuideGeek, we went in another direction where instead of just like blurting out a massive answer, all this text that you have to read that doesn't really apply to you, it's first going to ask you qualifying questions. It's going to say, Amsterdam, amazing, but let me ask you a couple questions. What's your budget? What time of year? How do you travel? And maybe people don't want to give all of that information at once. But even if I say, you know, traveling as a family with a newborn going in summer, the what it's going to come back with in terms of an itinerary, recommendations, hotels, restaurants, it's all going to be tailored to those things that I just shared with it. So um, that's been a real game changer is this back and forth conversation where it's not just a Q and a, but it's actually wants to learn about you as a traveler, because if I'm a single guy and I'm adventuring around the world, I'm going to travel completely differently than I am with, you know, a six week old daughter and a seven year old and, and a wife who's a vegetarian, right? If it knows those things, the, the output it's going to give me will be completely different. So 
um, that's that was a big deal for us. And then obviously the other big limitation um, of OpenAI and just LLMs in general is that they're only up to a certain date. They only know so much. So for example, out of the box, it thinks COVID is still raging, right? It's like, there's a pandemic. I got to recommend all these like vaccine certificates and, and regulation around COVID. Um, so we had to build that in and train it to say like COVID pandemic's basically over, you know, you can stop alerting people about vaccine requirements and stuff like that, entry uh, requirements. And so we've had to do some of that sort of work to get it up to date. And then also travel is such like an up to date. You want like things now, especially flight information, hotels, Airbnb. So that's where APIs came in that we've added. Um, so we're, we're integrating with um, some really amazing APIs from, we got Skyscanner, which searches pretty much every OTA and every airline uh, database for available flights and pricing. So we'll sell, we'll send you like best, fastest, cheapest flight options. Um, we're also integrating with accommodations. We're also doing currency conversion, weather, so that you can say like, what's the weather like in Spain next Tuesday? And it's going to give you like an accurate representation or what's the weather in Madrid next Tuesday? Um, what What's the cheapest flight from SFO to LAX uh, on Monday? It's going to give you like real flights you can actually book rather than like, saying like, typically, you know, these are what the prices are, but I don't have access. Um, we're building our travel AI to be the best. So it has to have all that access to real-time info. Well, that sounds like a lot of software to build. And reminder, if you need help building software, it doesn't have to be difficult. Fullscale can help, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and see what developers are available to join your team today. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. So I, I guess my question along those lines is, uh, you know, traditionally you guys have been more of a media company and this is in some ways turning you into a little more of a tech company, right? Like this is sort of a whole, a, a different endeavor for you. Yeah, it's, it is a different endeavor. And, you know, I don't take that lightly. This is kind of going to be a new adventure for us in that, you know, and in, in our, our business model for Guide Geek is really kind of like SaaS, actually. So yeah. that's definitely something we've never done. Um, we built apps before. We, we do feel like even before AI, we were a techno technology-minded media company. Yeah. Um, but this is like a whole nother adventure. So we are half, you know, we're hiring support staff we're building our team both our engineering team faster than we normally would have um and we're hiring folks for to do software support and user support for that human interaction so it's definitely a new adventure for us so as we we talk about the power of power of ai for you it has i wouldn't say it's changed your business model but it's created a whole different opportunity right it's, it's created a secondary opportunity for you and so I'm curious, what are your thoughts of that as an entrepreneur of like, what, you know, looking at like, wow, how can I use AI to dramatically change my business or in your case, create a secondary business? And, 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 and you know, what, what are your thoughts of that? I mean, it seems, seems like it's a little bit of a, its own gold rush right now. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I've talked to people in the last couple of months since the launch of ChatGPT, because now everyone knows, obviously has tried it, played with it. Some are impressed, some are not, some are scared about AI, which I think is valid. Um, but I, I don't think it's like a hype cycle the way that, you know, crypto and web three, it was everywhere. And then it was like total bust, total disappointment. 
all these sort of embarrassing failures like FTX and all the naysayers were essentially proven right. I don't think that's going to happen with AI. Um, never, ever have we seen three or maybe like considering $5 trillion companies pivot their entire business model towards a single technology in the span of four months. Um, that has happened. And so what does that tell you? I think it tells you that not only are are they going to really put AI first, but AI will work its way into every single industry. Um, I don't think it will like, is AI going to replace humans in this or that? Um, probably not immediately, but I think it will. Those who utilize AI to its fullest extent will replace those who don't across every single industry. So my advice to entrepreneurs is to really sit down and think about how could AI play a role in my organization? It doesn't need to be as central as GuideGeek is to our organization, but it can, you know, if you build anything uh, with code, it could make your coders 10x coders. If you do any kind of marketing, it could make you way more efficient with regard to testing different headlines, making different copy, writing different blogs. So kind of, I look at it as like, no matter what business you're in, there's probably room for AI to improve it, make you faster, better, smarter, um, essentially for free. So I think those who just say, oh, this is the next hype cycle, or I don't believe in AI, um, I think it's, it could be some cautionary tales of those folks, because I, I would not ignore this technology. Well, I see the same thing. At, so I work at a digital marketing agency uh, for home services, and you know, it's about once a week, somebody that works there asks a question that ChatGPT could have answered instantly. And it's like, those are the people that I'm thinking, like, you're the person who's going to get replaced by AI because you don't know how to use AI. <laughs> it's like, how do you not go, just go ask ChatGPT the answer to this and would have gave it to you instantly. Like, why are you sitting there pondering about the answer and then asking us on Slack? Just go ask ChatGPT. I, I want the, let me Google that for you button, except for the, let me ChatGPT that for you. Like, yeah, I swear about once a week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and I think, you know, to, I think just like any technology, we who are in technology and in the startup world, we kind of like, we feel like everyone must surely would have heard about this by now, but even with the millions of users that ChatGPT has and the millions of users that I'm sure are testing Bard and the other big models, like we are still on the bleeding edge and most people in the world still haven't interacted with these technologies. And it's going to take a couple years, but I think by the time the late adopters catch on, the AI will be integrated into most things out there that, that we're all touching in terms of software and, and services. Do you, how do you feel about how AI based content could disrupt like what you do at Matador, right? Cause I mean, in theory, somebody could use AI to take every article you have, copy them, slightly change them, and republish the whole thing, right? And they could do that yeah. today almost, right? Like, which would be crazy, but you could do that with AI. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things there. Uh, one, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure someone will try that to build like a content farm for travel using all AI-generated content. Um, I think it's going to be harder than they think to do. I think we've, we've found in our testing that sometimes the content can have inaccuracies. Um, it, it might be written fine grammatically, but 
it's not, it, there, there's a lot of hallucinations that can pop up. So things that definitely need to be fact checked. Um, the other thing for our specific business is that we're not just a, a straight media business where everything's about traffic and CPMs and display ads. We are heavily into branded content, custom video production for major brands that, that requires a level of service and back and forth and creative uh, that, you know, AI maybe one day will be, you know, capable of if, if people are right that you're able to like dictate your own Hollywood movie with AI in a couple of years, but we're nowhere near that right now. So um, our business seems to be insulated from that. Plus I'm hoping that guide geek will be an entirely new uh, business uh, opportunity for us that is totally wrapped up in AI in, in a great way. Um, but I mean, I think that there are, there are going to be things there. There is going to be disruption for sure. And there are going to be people who are able to accomplish a lot with very little capital using AI and launch competitors to industries or, or uh, organizations that are just not ready for it. So I think we are going to see a lot of that and it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, I think some of that gets back to the power of building brands, right? Like, you know, Matador is a brand and that, that itself is not easily cop copyable. And I saw this in automotive all the time, 15 years ago when I worked in automotive, um, people would always want to take inventory of all the car dealers and then compete with auto trader and cars.com. They thought they were going to be the next auto trader and cars.com, but it didn't really, it didn't matter. It's like, okay. You know that there's these millions of cars for sale and you have a website that lists all of them, but nobody knows you exist. Like you don't right. run Super Bowl ads like auto trader. You're not a household name. And that's, you know, there, there's always a certain power in the brand and the go-to-market strategy and the business model and all those things. It's not just the content, right? I think we're getting more and more where, yeah, AI could generate all this content, just like somebody could get a list of all the cars that are for sale, but that doesn't mean you're going to build the next auto trader. You don't, there's a lot more to the business than just the content. Exactly. And that's, that's something that uh, we've done a lot, not only being around for more than 15 years, but we've really taken care to build a brand around how we think people should explore the world. Um, you know, travels a very, in some arenas, very transactional kind of like dry place, but we always knew travel is like the most magical thing ever. It's a human first experience. You have some of these like life changing experiences. You come back different from trips. Um, you meet new people, you try new food, you listen to new music. It's like this, um, incredible magic that that within travel that we try to capture with our brand. So I appreciate you noting that. And I totally agree. And then the other thing is like even taking it a step further, something that will become a commodity, AI, um, and is already sort of commoditized out, out you know, from ChatGPT and the big, big models. We're even building a brand around GuideGeek where it's like it is the go-to for travel specifically. Um, so I think branding is maybe increasingly becoming important in the world of AI. Well, you, you mentioned using API and that becoming commonplace and that right now that's the buzzword of everything. You're like, oh, we do this, 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 and we use API, you know, we use, uh, AI and just like people do it with web three and crypto or blockchain, like, but I, I welcome the day when like nobody mentions that because it's like, duh, everybody does that. Like, you're not like, oh, we we're great because we're hosted in the cloud and we use, you know, this okay. programming language. Like, who cares? Everybody does that. Like, that's not a differentiator anymore. Right. Like, right. 
I, I welcome that day because it annoys me when people are like, oh, I built I built Twitter, but it's on blockchain or I built Twitter and it uses AI. And it's like, well, Twitter already uses that. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're going to see also is a lot of companies that raised a lot of money trying to rebrand and say that, like, now we're a we're, now we're an AI focused company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you've you've been around this world for the last few years, seeing uh, the crazy amounts of money, all the unicorns with these valuations where these companies are burning through millions of dollars per month in the red and nowhere near to, to profitability. And, um, and I think a lot of them are not only scrambling to cut workforce and figure out if they can reach uh, a profit, but they're also trying to rebrand. And we're not just this anymore. We're this with AI. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of that for like the next probably year plus, but I, I agree with you. It will be, uh, not even worth mentioning at some point. So guide geek is, is this great new business that you're creating. Um, sound like it's still in its infancy and excited to see you get it, uh, available outside of just WhatsApp and all, you know, all these other things. So I guess the big question there for you is, you know, have you figured out how to monetize this? Like it's a whole new business and product for you. Have you figured out how to monetize this thing? Yeah, so one of our goals for GuideGeek is to keep it free forever for all uh, travelers and all consumer users. And so, you know, most people when you when they use the service, they're like, "This is incredible!" Like, so are you going to start charging, you know, eight bucks a month or twenty bucks a month? We're never going to do that. Um, we also we are seeing revenue come through our affiliates. So when someone books a flight, um, there's there's a small piece of revenue, but that's you know at this You'd have to have a crazy scale to build a multi-million dollar business just off of that. So what we've done is we've actually built a white label version of GuideGeek that we can sell as a software, as a service product to our existing clients. So Matador works with um, about almost 300 DMOs, destination marketing organizations, so tourism boards, essentially. Um, each tourism board has their unique things about them that, that make them special, unique things about their destination that they want people to know whether they're currently in that destination or thinking about visiting that destination. So a one size fits all, something where everyone's using GuideGeek and we are you know, shooting leads and traffic out to these different organizations wouldn't really make sense because each of those destinations wants to speak and have their own relationship with a potential visitor or a current visitor. So we've built um, a way on our software platform to give them sort of the keys to their own castle, where they can, uh, you know, promote the promote the service. We're giving them an asset pack with QR codes, links. Um, they can connect it to their Facebook, their Instagram, and it, it helps that it, you know, for the international destinations that we work with, that it speaks, you know, forty five languages fluently. They have a lot of inbound questions that are coming in Mandarin or Japanese or Portuguese or French or German or Spanish. All of those can, you know, Guy Geek obviously just effortlessly flows in all those languages um, with, with, with ease. And I, I liken it for them to essentially like being able to reach backwards through Google and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with anyone who's ever typed in the name of their destination to a search engine. So if I'm visit California, um, obviously, you know, thousands of people all the time are Googling things about traveling to California. Um, this is a way for them to one, 
learn a ton about who this person is, how they travel, what their budget is, when they plan on coming. Um, and then two, have a way of sending that person the exact most helpful link or the biggest opportunity for a transaction. Um, and then having that kind of like one-on-one -on -one relationship going forward. Um, so it's essentially like CRM or first party data on steroids, but you don't have to be creepy with data. You can actually provide value to the people that are interested in visiting your destination. So we've seen just started having demos with this software, um, but tons of interest in it. And I think it's going to be a new thriving revenue stream for Matador in a way that we can keep GuideGeek free for everyone forever. So for example, I'm, I'm sure you're probably familiar with like Branton, Missouri. You're familiar with Branton? It's mm -hmm. a big tourist destination around We've here. We've worked before, yeah. And so, we also work in the state. So, I, I would, so you're talking about like, like some website that'd be like explore Branton or like visit Las Vegas or something like that. Like some kind of, some kind of site like that, that you would license this technology for them to, to reuse for their own sites. Not, Is that, that's what you're talking about? Site, not a site, but unleashing our, our technology on their site. So all of them have their own websites and they all yeah. have Branson has their own, you know, TikTok and Instagram yeah, and yeah. YouTube. And, and so we would just have our AI answering questions in their DMs for those messaging platforms. And then we yeah. have, we've built a chat client that yeah, will yeah. live on the site, just like Very most cool. of right now they go like chat with us, but that chat is not real AI. It's like basically a shortcut to like, are you looking for lodging or things to do attractions yeah, yeah. So instead of something like not sophisticated like that, we'll be able to, you know, prioritize some of their content, but really answer any question, no matter how granular right. it is. So would the Grand Slam for you be licensing this to like Expedia and replacing their crappy, their crappy chat? Is that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, uh, Guy Geek in sort of the mothership, we want that to be, you know, a new, a new OTA essentially. Yeah. We want to build a brand around it where just like when Airbnb launched, you know, people were like, oh, there's, there's no hotels and people were like, why don't you try that weird site, Air Bread and Air Air Bed and Breakfast, where you could actually stay in someone's <laughs> home? And people are like that's that's odd. And now it's like, let's get an Airbnb. Let's Airbnb it. You know, Airbnb has become a noun, adjective, a verb. Like it's it's just uh, built into the travel ecosystem now, and that's where we want to take Guide Geek. So um, yeah, I don't know if if Expedia would ever want uh, you know Guide Geek within their app, but our goal is to have our AI perform much better than Expedia's AI or their integration of ChatGPT. Well, very cool. And reminder, if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. We have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions, let our platform match you up to our fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers. The big difference is we build teams that work directly for you, like they're part of your team, uh, learn more at fullscale.io. Well, Ross, thanks so much for being um, on the show today. And I will definitely be checking this out as I plan my trip to the Florida Keys. Um, this is really cool. And I think it's a great example of how people are using AI, you know, to change their business models, or in your case, not really change it, but, but creating a secondary business. And so it's, it's super, super cool. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me. And we just finished a big video shoot in the Florida Keys. So yeah, look for some videos on Matador and Guy Geek for that trip as well. All right. Once again, this was uh, Ross Borden uh, from matadornetwork.com and guidegeek.com. 
As we finish up, do you have any last minute tips, words of wisdom for other entrepreneurs out there? I mean, other than uh, use AI, you know, uh, which is kind of a boring tip, you know, taken from my story, just never give up because I never gave up and it was a slow start. We bootstrapped to the bejesus, but um, it's, it's been an amazing ride. I've learned a ton. I've met a ton of interesting people and now um, I run a really exciting business. So I, I really, I have a ton of respect for other entrepreneurs and I know it's very difficult, but keep going. All right. Well, Ross, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>